Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio. Your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw on the wisdom of the saints. And today we're talking about apparitions. I want, you know, something really quick with Father Matthew McDonald. I was about to say, right. we have a guest. Right. So. And I'm grateful I don't know, to have. And I never, I've never sang for a guest before. <laughs> yeah. Is Nor will right he language? do it again. Sang? I've yeah, never sang. I never, I never sang. For, okay. You know. Um, so, you know, he's, he's obviously pretty special. The one thing I want to plug, uh, in, and I don't know exactly when this show will air on EWTN, but, um, there is a book coming out father on, uh, apparitions and that sort of thing, um, by father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene, who wrote, of course, divine intimacy with many which, which our show is named after when, uh, by Sophia and Sue press. Just a brief blurb on that book, Father, because you wrote the foreword or in it, the introduction. To, when is that coming out? Because it's relevant to this topic. So it's coming out at the end of June, I believe, June 28th of this year. 2022. 2022. And it's a series of conferences that Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene gave at the Trezionum in Rome um, in 1938 and 1939 that were put together in a book, um, and I use in my MA thesis at seminary, at St. Joseph Seminary in Dunwoody, which I wrote on, The Sermon of Private Revelations. And what this book is on is basically looking at the theology of St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross. When I receive something in prayer in the form of a vision or a locution, how does that manifest to the person through the different faculties? how, what's its place in the life of faith? How does one properly discern um, those visions or revelations? And what's the role of the spiritual director in assisting souls that receive something in prayer and going about that rightly? And one of the reasons we decided, and Father, uh, Father Matthew really brought this up and proposed it, I think, is that be in our time, because things are so difficult, there's all kinds of private revelation popping up and people are running around and following this person or that person, or they're having, you know, their own experiences. So, which is not uncommon, or should I say that it is common when, when situations like this occur, because special graces do come in the most difficult of times. And so this book, we're hoping it will be a light to better understand how do I embrace those things which are authentic and then how do I set aside those things which are not. So Fantastic. thank you for bringing that to light, Father. I'm excited about that book coming to bear. So so am I. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the fruit that the Lord, you know, brings forth from it. So so we're on our part two of a show on, app, on the apparition uh, at Fatima to Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta regarding the first Saturday devotion. And the reason we're focused on that is because there's a lot going on in the church about the consecration to Russia or consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. 
And instead of focusing on things we don't ultimately control and we can't perfectly understand, we thought it would be healthier to focus on things that we can do or participate in related to the visions. And so in the first show, we talked about what it was, what the vision was, what are the blasphemies committed against the Blessed Mother, the requirements and the promises. Now we're going to go to kind of a Q&A uh, of key questions about this. And you can find a, a document that summarizes all of this at uh, apostoleva.org. But Father, the first question is, what if I miss um, a first Saturday? Do I have to start over? Yes. According to uh, Sister Lucia, Jesus said to her, it's true, my daughter, that many souls begin the first Saturdays, but few finish them. And those who do complete them do so in order to receive the graces that are promised thereby. It would please me more if they did five with fervor and with the intention of making reparation to the heart of your heavenly mother than if they did 15 in a tepid and indifferent manner. Mm. Beautiful. So we're to pray with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole body, all that we are. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. We always need to remember that he wants all of us. He is a beautiful, jealous lover that wants us to love and make a reparation and the devotion with all that we are. So it's yeah. such a beautiful thing. So what if I can't receive Holy Communion on a Saturday? I mean, because sometimes people have to work or or whatever, you know, what if they can't receive or, I, you know, I don't know how you do one with the other. You have to attend. So if you're at Mass... But maybe it's they're not able to because they're of the state of mortal sin. State of mortal sin. That would or be their only reason. Or or their circumstances in life where they're not, um, for some reason they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't know. So, Father, what do we what do we know about this? So, Sister Lucia asked Jesus about this, and he said, "The practice of this devotion will be equally accepted on the Sunday following the first Saturday, when for just reasons." my priests will allow it. So what are the just reasons? Um, some places in the country may not have a Saturday morning mass. Mm, there so, you go. So, and that's becoming more common. So the only mass they may offer is a Saturday vigil mass. Okay. Um, so if you mention that to your parish priest, um, th then the obligation can count and he could give permission. Um, same, same with canon law states that when you go to your pastor or you go to your parochial vicar at your parish, let's say you have to miss mass on a Sunday because of legitimate reasons. It's better to go to them and check in and they could dispense you than just to miss the mass. Right. And it's not an illegitimate reason would be just convenience or, yeah. You know, I needed to wash my car or yeah. you know, something, something silly like that. Yeah, there's but, a special note here that says Saturday vigil masses will count with permission of your pastor, but this option should only be used if you don't have a Saturday morning mass available. And you know what's so. fascinating about this? Um, so Jesus says, uh, when for just reasons my priests will allow it. it it's <laughs> in our time, I think the role of the priest is much diminished in terms of the importance of the priest with respect to 
the Eucharist, the distribution of communion, just in general how priests are, are treated or seen, and and the the priesthood of the believer, which is a doctrine uh, that the church teaches, but it's totally it's it's very different than than uh, the priesthood that Father Matthew uh, lives out. Um, but what I find here fascinating is that Jesus is saying, uh, you know, divine uh, divine graces will be distributed um, in a in a in a variant manner if a priest and any priest in good standing, I guess, right? Uh, any priest allows it. I just I find that awesome. It's a great kind of uh, re centering, if you will, or reorientation of a proper understanding of how even heaven will, will based on the priest's permission, heaven will convey graces or withhold graces if the priest says, no, it's not valid. Is that a am I, tell me if I'm uh, in the right ballpark, Father. Well, oh, you're absolutely in the, in the, in the right ballpark. And, and the best policy is when in doubt, go to your parish priest, whether it's mm -hmm. your pastor or your parochial vicar. Um, and again, the in canon law states that priests have the authority to dispense. Mm -hmm. Pastors can dispense, as well as parochial vicars can dispense on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you're having trouble and you're trying to do the devotion, go to your pastor or go to your parochial vicar and explain to them your scenario. And this could be done, especially in confession or spiritual direction. Okay. Beautiful. And I, I'm, I'm even thinking in the case of like doctors, nurses. Oh yeah, that's a You know, one. folks that have to work overnight. Police officers. Work, police officers have to work on Saturdays Pilots. and can't get to the Saturday morning mass. Yeah. So um, just knowing that they can go to their priest and speak to them and on a case-by-case -case basis, the priest can help them. You know, I think the the biggest importance is the desire to make this reparation, yeah. and then following through with with just being uh, humble and speaking to your priest about it. So, um, here's another question, Father: What if I can't go to confession on first Saturday? So, Sister asked Jesus about this too, and Jesus said to her, um, "Yes, it can be made later on." provided that the souls are in the state of grace when they receive me on the first Saturday and that they had the intention of making reparation to the sacred heart of Mary. Beautiful. So not to be overly simplistic, maybe is the right word, but what does it mean to be in a state of grace? I think we talk about that a lot and assume everybody knows, but given that 70% of ordinary form attendees of, of mass don't believe in the Eucharist, I think a state of grace is an important uh something to explain and so what be, is a mortal sin what is a mortal sin yeah. yeah so to be in a state of grace means you're not aware of any mortal sin that you've done in the past that's mm -hmm. on your soul right for something to be a mortal sin has to meet three requirements and this is found in the catechism of the catholic church so it must be grave matter something that's very bad and the gauge that the church uses to determine that is a violation of the Ten Commandments and the Seven Deadly Sins. With particular commandments, not every violation of all the Ten Commandments are mortal sins, but with certain commandments, 
every violation of those commandments is a mortal sin. So that's requirement number one. Like thou shalt not kill. Yes. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery, things like that. Any, any, well, particularly thou shalt not kill. uh, Thou shalt not commit adultery, rather. Um, There, every violation is a mortal sin. Mm -hmm. Um, Second requirement, one must have full knowledge. So you must know that the action that you're doing is very bad. So there must be invincible ignorance. Now, if if there is some responsibility on your part that you're doing something and you choose not to know, then that's a sinful form of negligence where you're doing something that you should know is very bad and you choose not to form your conscience in the right way. But it's- hey, Father, I'm sorry, I have to stop you there. We have to go to break, but put a marker there. When we come back, we'll jump right into that. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today. There is a growing need for well-formed, solid spiritual directors in the church today. The Avila Institute, in collaboration with Heart of Christ Spiritual Direction Program, offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards God. The program is grounded in Ignatian and Carmelite spirituality based on a Catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles in the new evangelization. This program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. Welcome back. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke with Divine Intimacy Radio. We're talking about the five First Saturday devotions in the Fatima Revelations with Father Matthew McDonald. Before the break, I'm sorry I had to cut you off, Father. You were talking about the definition or what does it mean to be in a state of mortal sin and why don't you pick up where you left off. So we're talking about full knowledge, which is the second requirement um, for an action to be a mortal sin. So I must have be invincibly ignorant. Um, so through no fault of my own, um, I'm not aware that an action I did is very bad, you know, is a great matter. Now, you don't want to fall into a scrupulosity, and that's something that some people struggle with, and it's a cross. So if you don't have 100% certainty that an action that you did is very bad, it's not a mortal sin, okay? Then the third requirement is full consent of the will. So I must freely choose to do an action that I know is very bad, okay? So again, if a circumstance comes up beyond my control or if I'm under such grave pressure that I I can't freely and rationally choose to do, to do something or I irrationally choose to do something that I know is very bad, that's not a sin, okay? So for an, for an action to be a mortal sin, it must have all three of those requirements 100%. If not, it's not a mortal sin, okay? Nonetheless, it's good to bring to the priest the confession nonetheless. Very yes, good. absolutely. 
Very good. So I know Stephanie's got our next question okay. in line. So the question is, it takes me 15 minutes to pray five decades of the rosary, which that's a fast rosary, by the way. Does that count as my 15 minutes with Mary, according to the requirements? No. It's important that if we pray the rosary, we spend time in mental prayer. And mental prayer opens us up to the action of God in our prayer, which is known as contemplation. So if we're Speedy Gonzalez with the rosary, it's important that we give Our Lady another 15 minutes. Sister Lucia wrote to her mother in 1927, the 15 minutes of meditation is what can, it seems to me, give you difficulty, but it's quite easy. Who, after all, cannot contemplate the mysteries of the rosary, who cannot spend 15 minutes, these holy thoughts, near the most tender of mothers. So again, uh, if we tend to pray a fast rosary or we don't have time to really take time to open ourselves to mental prayer and rosary, we could take an additional time or maybe we open our Bibles, we open sacred scripture, we focus in on a passage from the gospel or scripture that deals with the rose with the mystery of the rosary that we're praying and we can choose any mystery we want and we spend 15 to 20 minutes or if we're praying a rosary and we're taking our time um and the lord begins to speak to us in that mystery it's important that we sit with the lord's action in that mystery we're attentive to it and we yield to it you know uh I wrote a book about this with Connie Rossini. You did. It's a great book. It's called The Contemplative Rosary. And so if you, if you, I, and I would actually strongly recommend, and I hadn't planned on doing this, but just as he was describing it, I'm thinking that was to the book, you know, uh, The Contemplative Rosary, you can get it at EWTN's religious catalog, Sophia Institute Press. But if you want to really have a deep dive on the rosary during this time, use that book. There's also an app for that, and it's a beautiful app that yeah. we have, what, the what, Contemplative Rosary. It's c.rosary, and you can find it through your app store. So really beautiful sacred art, has all the meditations and the scripture meditations, the extension of the prayers and everything. So, so Father, just so I don't miss the, uh, we're perfectly clear on this, it's, I've got to do the decades of the rosary, but uh, is it 15 minutes more than, let's say, a, a healthy rosary time and a separate time of meditation? Or is it being slow in the rosary? And what am I in a, in a meditative way? Yeah. It's, it could be both and. Okay. So, I, so let's say I'm used to praying the rosary in my car. Yeah. Um, and, again, I'm, I'm Speedy Gonzalez, then maybe later in the day when I have more time to pray and to spend before the Lord, turn to Our Lady and then offer that time of mental prayer to her, choosing one of the mysteries of the rosary that are related to the day. Some some people pray the joyful mysteries on Saturday. Some people pray the, the glorious some people pray 20 mysteries in a day or 15. So choose one of those mysteries and just sit with it and, and say, Lord, I'm offering this time to make reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And, and 
see what what Our Lady reveals to you um, during that time of prayer and what Our Lord reveals to you during that time of prayer. In the Contemplative Rosary book to aid you with that, so it has the uh, intention of the meditation to which virtue you want. It has the scripture reading. It has a clausular uh, recommendation for a, a way to pray to remind yourself of the mystery at the apex of the rosary. And then it has seven meditations uh, on each rosary at the at the end. It's really, it'll really help you to dig in and to, you know, the other thing you can do is use a kind of Ignatian method of putting yourself in the scene of the rosary and considering what the Blessed Mother is trying to reveal to you or, or leading you to understand about the Lord and that sort of thing. So I, this has been a great walkthrough, Father. I think my prayer is, and I'm I'm going to do it again because you know even as I went through this today, and I of course read this article before because I actually uh, I didn't write it, but I posted it this morning up on apostoleva.org. Is I realized that I my disposition of heart uh, wasn't quite there, and I I doubt you know that I read that I I don't recall taking all these things to, into account and really doing this with a very deliberate intention and uh, the 15 minutes of meditation and, and all of that. So this has been great for me personally. I'm going to, I'm going to go do it again, there but maybe right for the first time. Right. And you have you done it yet? I have not done it. And so I, I started with the intention uh, on April 2nd, which was, my birthday. You started uh, the intention of the first. The okay, so five you did. It, so you already did your first of the first five. Right. That's great. Yeah. And you're, are you going to finish it in our on our Israel uh, pilgrimage? Yes. That I was actually looking at that, and I thought, well, the June day will hit when we are in Israel. God be praised. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Maybe we'll be at the Church of the Dormitions. Why would yeah. <laughs> the Lord's always in the detail, so I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to put it past Him to um, set something up so beautiful or something even more spectacular than that. So, folks, if you come in on the the second half of this broadcast and you want to get the first one, you can always head out to spiritualdirection.com, and all of these are posted. Uh, all of our shows are posted out there eventually. But uh, the article that we've referenced and kind of the guide sheet, if you will, for this has been uh, on the blog. It's on the blog of our community website, apostoleva.org, Fatima and the devotion of uh, Five First Saturdays. And I pray that you will do this. I mean, I, I think one of the things about our time and that is challenging is Many people are speculating about many things that are outside of their control. Which and really, in the ultimate, don't really matter. It's a grand waste of time it in is. many ways. It is. Because in the end, so much, uh, well, when it's outside of our control, it's outside of our control. It's we a distraction from prayer and from staying in the present moment. You, that's I, a, I truly believe that that is a complete distraction. And it's, a, it's where the serpent's tail is. It's like, instead of, focusing on this consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart and all the graces that can come and the beauty of prayer and our own need for purification and uh, and our own need to be truly, uh, to truly abide with the Lord and, and to go to Our Lady. You know, it's like, oh no, go look over here and speculate about something that, that we don't know. Right. We, we won't know until the other side 
uh, of of this life. And so why does it matter? Right. I, I really think it's like, oh, go look over there and be critical. And you mentioned it's, the serpent. I I do think it's demonic distraction. I do too. Go look at this. Go look at this prophet. Go look at this one. You know, th this one who's saying this. <gasps> you know, people always ask me just because by nature of my role, oh, do you, did you see this prophecy? Do you do you read this? And my answer is always no, <laughs> no. I focus on what I know, and you know, the the my favorite answer, which is is totally sincere, true, important, is the church in in her normative reality gives you all that you need for your salvation. You don't need any more knowledge, any other special information. Uh, Father, um, anything to add to that? With private revelations, especially Fatima, Fatima is one of the few private revelations that's received the highest endorsement of the church. Mm -hmm. So with private revelations, we give them human faith, not divine faith, all right? Um, and that's that's spoken about in Pope Benedict XVI when he was Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger's theological commentary on the third secret of Fatima. And we believe prudently as proper to proper piety. But because Fatima has been elevated to such a degree, again, you don't need to believe in it to get into heaven. But because the church has endorsed it in such a way, you'd be foolish to ignore it. And again, our, our lady knows our hearts. And even though her heart is, is wounded by our sins, she is the mother of Jesus, the mother of church, our mother. And she will take whatever we give in good faith, in love, despite it being imperfect, and give it to her son. And the son and Jesus will use it in miraculous ways perfectly yeah. stated perfectly stated and a perfect ending to the show so actually i'd like to end with this okay you want to okay. read that as the end yes because this is what sister lucia later wrote to her godmother all right so we'll end with this it seems to me my dear godmother that we are fortunate to be able to give our our dear heavenly mother this proof of love for we know that she desires it to be offered to her as for myself I avow that I am never so happy as when first Saturday arrives. Isn't it true that our greatest happiness is to belong entirely to Jesus and Mary and to love them and them alone without reserve? We see this so clearly in the lives of the saints. They were happy because they loved. And we, dear Godmother, we must seek to love as they did, not only to enjoy Jesus, which is the least important, because if we do not enjoy him here below, we will enjoy him up above, but to give Jesus and Mary the consolation for being loved, and that in exchange for this love, they might be able to save many souls. And that's it for Divine Intimacy Radio. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.